Welcome back to the Rainy Day Horror Show. It is episode two of the day, and it is our Thanksgiving special, okay? Now, I know last year's was a little graphic, okay? Our last Thanksgiving special, okay? This one is just as bad, all right? If not almost, well, no, I wouldn't say it's almost worse, but this one is... This one's bad, alright? You know, it's turkey day, so, you know, people are carving up them turkeys. And this dude is carving up something else. Not a turkey, but something else, okay? If you don't know who I am, I am your host with the most Dusty McBalls, okay? And on today's episode, we are doing Joel and Lisa Guy murders. Well, they got murdered. So, the Joel and Lisa Guy murdered. Murder. That's the word I was looking for. Murder. Okay? But before we get into it, sit back. Relax. Okay? I know you just got done eating all of that delicious turkey. The ham. The stuffing. Right? Whatever, you know, stuff. That That's weird. Let's say shit. Whatever shit that you just, you know, make on Thanksgiving, okay? I know most people eat Thanksgiving, like, for dinner, but, like, my family's different. We do it for lunch, okay? I don't know if any other families are like that, or if it's just, like, or if that is what people do, but my family always does, like, a Thanksgiving lunch and not a Thanksgiving dinner, okay? So, for me, I just got done eating, and I am just taking massive trips, to the toilet, alright, not gonna lie, this is gonna be a little weird, I've been constipated for the past couple days, okay, but this food that I just ate, it is shooting through me, right, it is an erupting volcano of just dookie demons, just flowing out of the body, okay, so since I'm like this, you know, and maybe you already ate too, okay, we are just going to sit back and relax for this one. If you haven't ate yet, hopefully this doesn't ruin your appetite, okay? So, without further ado, let's get into our Thanksgiving special on Joel and Lisa Guy's murder, okay? So, Joel Michael Guy Jr. was born in 1988. He is the son of our victims today, Lisa and Joel Michael Guy Sr. Now, Joel is also the brother to Michelle, Angela, and Tina Guy. Alright, now his three sisters are um, his dad's three daughters from a different marriage. Alright, so Lisa and Joel only have one kid together, and that is Joel Michael Jr. Okay, so... Our tragic story for today takes place in Knoxville, Tennessee on Thanksgiving Day in 2016, alright? And on this day, it is where Joel would slaughter his mom and dad on Thanksgiving Day, okay? Now, Joel's dad was a retired pipeline engineer designer, and his mom worked for Jacobs Engineering in Oak Ridge, where she worked as a human resources accounts payable 
administrator. So they had some money. They had some cash. They had some cash money, as some would say. All right. Now, this story is going to be told a little bit in a, of a, like a different format for today's episode. We're actually going to start with the disappearance of Lisa and then work our way backwards where we will eventually, well, I will eventually tell exactly what happened on Thanksgiving and the following days after, okay? And it'll be told through, I'll be telling it through the whole trial and prosecution side, all right? So, after this family had their Thanksgiving dinner, which I will add is, not is, but was a little bit of an emotional time for the family, okay? This Thanksgiving was actually their last time they would set, like, have a celebration in that house because Lisa and Joel Sr. just sold the house and planned on moving to Joel's late mother's mountain home in Sir Goinesville, I think that's how you pronounce it, Tennessee, which is like 90 miles away from where they were staying, well, from where they were living at the moment. Okay, so Joel and Lisa said goodbye to their daughters who also lived in Tennessee and they planned to walk into the basement and say goodbye to Joel Jr. because he was supposed to leave the next morning, pretty early in the morning to go back to his house in Baton Rouge. Now just for a little bit of background on Joel Jr., he had just recently moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I'll fill that in later, it, well not later, but like in a little bit, on why he lives in Louisiana. But Joel, up until he moved to Baton Rouge, was completely reliant on his parents. And I'm not talking only for housing needs, but also financial support which we will also find out more in just a little bit, okay? But since Joel and Lisa were moving away, they didn't want to support him anyway. They were like, you know, we've done it for so long, and we don't want to deal with giving you most of our money. You know, especially since the very next day was Lisa's last day of working before she'd retire. So in other words, they wanted to use their hard-earned money that they, you know, accumulated over their career for themselves, right? Which is not selfish at all. Trust me, I'd be doing the same thing, you know? You work those 30, 40 plus years, right? You work hard, barely called in, you know, you deserve it. You deserve to have that money for yourself. So I am not upset with the fact that they wanted to cut Joel off from their funds. They really don't need to be giving it to a 35-year-old man because he just doesn't want to work at all. And I mean never worked. Ever, right? So as they were going downstairs to tell him goodbye, they were also going to break the news to him that they were cutting him off financially, which he didn't take well. And we will get to that in a little bit. But 
As the next day rolled around, which would be November 25th, it was a Friday, 2016, Lisa Guy didn't show up for work, which is extremely alarming. And not only to her family, but also to her coworkers, okay? Because, like, it is your last day of work before you are finally retired, all right? You went through all of those years of just back-breaking work just to eventually retire. So, like, why wouldn't you show up for your last day? You know what I mean? Like, it would just, it, like, it's just one more day. It's not going to be crazy. It's not going to be that bad, right? Now, since Lisa didn't show up for work on her last day, her coworkers called her repeatedly trying to get, you know, an answer, but they didn't. So one of her coworkers instead called the police and asked the dispatcher if he could do a welfare check on, you know, Joel and Lisa. And they did. All right. Now, as the police pulled up to Joel and Lisa's house, they saw no one inside. But since Joel and Lisa had just sold the home recently, the officers thought it was weird that the front door didn't have a real estate lock on it. Now, as the officers were looking through the windows and walking around the house, they also happened to notice that there was groceries sitting on the counter and the doorknob from the back door on the, on the opposite side of the house was missing its doorknob. And that it had that specific doorknob had a well, can't speak. That specific doorknob happened to be placed on Joel and Lisa's front door. Officers could also feel heat emanating from the house, and they could also pick up the scent of chemicals. Now, somewhat really concerned about what possibly could have happened within the home, the officers opened up the door to one of Joel and Lisa's cars, hit the garage door button, and they went inside to investigate, all right? After they got inside, they discovered that the thermostat was set to 90 degrees, and the dinner table was fit, whoa, rewind. And on the dinner table, there were there was Joel and Lisa's wallets with a sledgehammer right next to them. They also discovered another table on the main floor with like shotguns, rifles, you know, just long weapons that were laid across it. And in the kitchen, they also found a boiling pot on the stove, which to them... They didn't know after fully investigating that at the time that they that pot was there, it contained Lisa's head. Now, after they searched the entire main floor, they then went to the second level where they discovered that a dog was barking and it was locked in a bedroom. Then the officers looked down the hallway and what they saw was horrific. They saw the blood-splattered walls, and the dismembered hands of Joel Sr., all bloodied and just laying in the middle of the floor. 
now completely scared shitless and being barely able to hold the contents, hold in the contents of their stomach, they nutted up and continued their search. As the troopers searched the house, they came across the bathroom, and in the bathroom, they made another grisly discovery. They found both Joel and Lisa's dismembered corpses sitting and soaking in tubs of a homemade acidic solution. Now as the troopers secured the crime scene, they radioed back to dispatch and asked if they could send out the investigation team. Once the investigation team arrived, they ended up finding more nasty shit. They found that Lisa's clothing had been cut off her body. They also found that the acidic solution was filled with sewer line cleaner, baking soda, liquid fire drain cleaner, lye, hydrogen peroxide, bleach, and bleach sprayer, along with a suitcase next to the solution with a sticky note on it giving them the location of an Ace hardware store. Now this crime scene was so hazardous that investigators had to conduct their work while wearing legit hazmat suits. One officer would tell reporters that this is the most horrific thing I've ever encountered in law enforcement. And Major Michael McLean, one of the Knox County Sheriff's Office people, he would tell reporters that it's in the one percentile of homicides in the United States that have mutilation or dismemberment. It's not something we run across. Usually, there's a motivation behind it. In this case, we just don't know what that is. Now, little, little did Major Michael know that all of his questions would soon be answered because literally a day after the bodies were found and with all of this evidence, which there is more, I just didn't mention it yet. It's just because I'm going to cover it in the trial of Joel Jr. The police along with the FBI, arrested Joel Jr. on Tuesday, November 29th, 2016, and charged him with, a, with two accounts of first-degree murder, felony murder, and abuse of a corpse. Now, Jr. has never been employed, and has never... Oh, why did I write that down twice? That's weird. That was really weird. Okay, yeah, he's never been employed, and his mom, Lisa, worked endless hours to give him, you know, most, like I'm talking most of her paycheck, and at the time of his parents' murders, he was allegedly attending Louisiana State University, trying to become a plastic surgeon. When Junior was being interviewed, he told investigators that it was, well, he didn't tell investigators that it was over money, but it's hinted at it from what they will eventually, you know, find 
in a specific notebook that is coming up very shortly because it is creepy, right? But when they found out that, you know, Junior's mom was giving him, you know, most of her paycheck too on top of the journal and with the knowledge that he was going to get cut off from the family, it became pretty clear that his motive was over money. So, to kick off Junior's trial, they had to... This this is weird. This is so weird. I've never heard of this before, of somebody doing this. But to kick off Junior's you know trial, the state prosecution literally said viewer discretion is advised and that at any point the victim's families and the other attendees could leave at any moment if they felt overwhelmed emotionally. After that lovely introduction and probably scared half the courtroom, attorney Leslie Nasios, who was one of the prosecuting lawyers, started off the trial with running over the injuries that Guy and Lisa had suffered. Guy had suffered 42 stab wounds and 12 of those stab wounds ranged from a scratch to completely severing muscle and bone tissue. Guy also had severe damage to his lungs, his kidneys, his liver, and his shoulder was so badly injured that a piece of the weapon was stuck. Like fragments of that weapon were stuck in his muscle tissue. After Joel after Joel had died, what the fu- I don't like her last name, so we're just going to go with, what's her first name? Leslie. There we go. Prosecutor Leslie. All right. After Joel had died, Leslie said that the Jew said to the Jewers, whoa, Leslie had said that Junior cut off his dad's hands, legs, feet, and arms. After Junior was done dismembering his dad, he then moved on to his mom. Now, Lisa allegedly suffered 31 stab wounds and 21 out of those 31 stab wounds caused severe injuries. Junior had severed nine of Lisa's ribs and also, for some reason, don't know why he thought this was appropriate, but, like, severely stabbed her ass cheeks. I don't know what the point of stabbing somebody's booty like what it does, but apparently this man went went to town on his mom's ass. All right. After he was done, you know, dismembering her, he did it in the exact same fashion that he did to his father. And after he was done, you know, slicing them up, he then cut their clothes off and put their corpses in a 45-gallon plastic tub with that homemade acidic solution. Now the authorities believe that Joel and Lisa were murdered on Friday or sometime early the next Saturday after Thanksgiving. So after Leslie described what happened to the victims, she then presented a major key piece of evidence that the police officers found at Joel and Lisa's Knoxville home. This key piece of evidence was a notebook. And in this notebook, it had items that Junior was going to use for the murders. It had written in it a sledgehammer, a blender, 
a food processor, and parentheses, killing knives, and it also had the plan on where and when Junior was going to murder his parents. The sledgehammer was going to be used to crush his parents' bones. He then, and I quote, this is word for word coming from his journal, Big Blender and Food Grinder. Grind meat, flush chunks down the toilet, get plastic bins for denature process. Police also found, while they were searching the Knoxville home, a receipt to a Walmart in Knoxville where Junior bought all of the chemicals. After he listed all of the supplies he needed to, you know, kill his parents, Junior then had a list on how he was going to destroy the evidence. And I'm literally also taking this one word from word from his journal, and it starts out with, Place her in the shower. Turn on heat, not heat water, what the fuck? Turn on hot water and point it at her to get rid of forensics. Remove her clothes and take them with me for disposable. Disposal. Then, cut off his arm and plant his flesh under her fingernails. Place her hand with his DNA so that his DNA is not washed away by the shower. And it finally ends with, place hair curler with flammable paper and flammable containers of gasoline in four locations. His killing room, her killing room, his bathroom, and her bathroom. And also in this journal, the police and investigators were able, this is where they found his motive. And like we already knew, like I said earlier, it was over money. On one of the journal pages, it had a list of all of his parents' assets in detail. From the Knoxville house to his mother's $500,000 life insurance policy, which was possibly even more if they had double indem- 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 indemnity. I think that's what that word is. Indemnity. Right? Junior's trial only lasted four days where they had 27 witnesses take the stand and they had over 700 pieces of evidence. Junior was convicted on all charges, including two accounts of first-degree murder, three accounts of felony murder, and two accounts of abuse of a corpse. The jury found Junior guilty unanimously on all seven accounts and was sentenced to life in prison on October 2nd, 2020. Junior will not be eligible for release for 130 years. And, as of right now, inmate number 00624102 or formerly known as Joel Michael Guy Jr. is now riding away in Northwest Correctional Complex in Tiptonville, Tennessee. And that, my beautiful people, is the end of Joel Michael Guy Jr., right? That's so fucking weird. I could never, I could never kill my parents. 
right? Well, okay, let me say, unless, like, something, like, they were trying to kill me, like, stab me or murder me, then, yeah, obviously I'm gonna fucking fight for my life and kill them. But other than that, I, like, I could not, like, get upset with anybody to the point where I would be like, I'm gonna kill you, right? Like, literally. Like, I know sometimes we say it, like, metaphorically, but, like, literally, could never fucking do it. I could never understand people that want to kill their parents. Like, those are your parents, dude. Or dudette. Like, they gave you everything. They brought you here. So, may They maybe have raised you right. I don't know. But, they brought you here. They loved you. And you go out and you murder their fucking parents. Now, there are circumstances where, you know... You don't, you do murder your parents, but like if your parents love you and they take care of you and all this and that, don't murder them, right? They're, yeah, I don't know. I could never, I could never do it. I could never fucking do it. I love my family too much to want to murder them, right? It's just, yeah, I could never, I don't know if you guys could. I mean, unless your parents are shitty, that's different. I completely understand if you have shitty parents that you'd want to murder them, okay? But if you don't have shitty parents, I don't understand why you'd want to murder them. But that's a conversation for a different day. I hope your guys' Thanksgiving is going, you know, good so far, right? Hopefully you get to see all of the family feuds. Hopefully Uncle Rodney's bringing up that, you know, beef from three years ago and just fists are fucking flying, you know? Just, just fucking flying off the top rope, giving, you know, Sister Sarah the people's elbow or rock bottom. Maybe, maybe, you know, uncle is really, really fit and he just lifts up your 350 pound sister and just tombstones her undertaker style straight through the fucking table. Right. And if that did happen, send me it. All right. Send me the video. I want to watch it. All right. And I like, just send it to my Instagram, the rainy day horror show. And I will like, I will post it and I'll make a quick little like WWE edit with it bro we could have so much fucking fun with that but yeah I hope you guys are having a having a good Thanksgiving um if you're going Black Friday shopping don't spend too much trust me all right well actually it's probably the weekend for you so you know we're sticking to it right partying and shopping right it's always one of the two I love shopping, so I never go out and party, but if you have the money, go ball out for yourself. It's fucking Black Friday. It's Black Friday shopping. You deserve to go out and buy a bunch of shit for yourself. Fuck the family, right? They don't, they, you worked hard for your money. They didn't help you out one bit with that, right? Plus, right? Fucking Christmas is a month away, right? That felt so awful to say, but it's true. I hated that. God damn it, I hated that. Thankfully, there's no snow on the ground up here yet, but I'm telling you guys, we're about to get hit, specifically in Minnesota. I looked at the radar. It's going to be like mid-20s to low-30s for the next week, and I am so fucking upset. I really am. It is so cold, and I hate it, but... That's why you take long, hot showers. All right. But I'm going to stop it here, okay? If you're going to go out Black Friday shopping, buy everything for yourself. Christmas is a month away, so you can worry about that shit later. All right? So remember, stay frosty, stay foxy, and most importantly, 
the most important thing on this planet. Stay safe, you beautiful peacocks. I love y'all. Deuces.